Hello, witchy friends. Welcome to Cat Steen Witchcraft. My name is Fauna, and I am your host. This podcast is for those who are Wiccan, witches, and everything in between. Don't forget to follow the podcast social media pages at Cats Tea and Witchcraft on Instagram, Cats Tea and Witch on Twitter, and Cats Tea and Witchcraft Podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to Cats Tea and Witchcraft and enjoy the episode. Hello, witchy peeps. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 127. And today's episode is on a topic I was trying to do in October, but now it is January of 2024. So there's a little bit of a disconnect of when I originally wrote this episode up. But uh, I thought I might as well just get it out of the way now. And that is on the topic of the veil. And before we jump into that topic, we have the last stoner crystal of the week because we are at the end of season five, and that is Sapphire. The first book I have for today, like usual, is The Essential Guide to Crystals, and this is on page 184. Sapphire. Said to encourage magical workings, Sapphire has long enchanted many collectors. Although generally considered a blue stone, this variety of cordum is found in a range of colors. Red, however, is ruby, and it says to see the pages in this book on 86 and 87. After diamond, sapphire is the second hardest mineral known to man. Sri Lanka produces the most sapphires, although the finest come from Kashmir. There is something solid, understated, and reassuring about the colors and shapes of ruby and sapphire. They help us to focus upon lasting, worthwhile values. Such stones, the ones that our ancestors valued, are still often the best for restoring our equilibrium. For magic, it provides spiritual strength, protects from envy and harm, attracts favorable spirits and blessings, encourages wisdom and prophecy, aids victory over all. For healing functions, balances the endocrine system and reigns in overactive energies, calms, regulates, and reduces tension in the solar plexus created by fear and anxiety, increases powers of personal expression, benefiting the heart and the throat chakras, stimulates the higher mind. And for keywords, it says protection, understanding, and power. The next book I have is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic, and Sapphire can be found starting on page 157. For folk names, Holy Stone and Star Sapphire, Astray, Energy, Receptive, Planet, Moon, Element, Water, Deity, Apollo. For powers, Psychism, Love, Meditation, Peace, Defensive Magic, Healing, Power, and Money. For magical ritual and lore, the Greeks identified the sapphire with Apollo, and the stone is worn when consulting oracles such as the famous one at Delphi. For magical uses, this stone is worn to stimulate the third eye for the purposes of expanding psychic awareness. The ancient Greek practice mentioned above seems to indicate that even they were aware of the sapphire's ability to tap the unconscious mind. Sapphire is a guardian of love. Anciently, it was worn to banish envy, to promote positive social interaction, and to reconcile with foes. Sapphire can be used for 
all those purposes within any kind of relationship, not just marital. Sapphire is a soothing, deep blue hue. It is worn during meditation or contemplated upon to expand wisdom. When you wear it, the stone promotes peace. The author of the pseudo Albertus Magnus manuscripts of the late 1300s stated that this stone worn cools the inward heart or anger. Its use in defensive magic stretches back to antiquity, once thought to scare devils and evil away, today worn in protective jewelry and during rituals designated to return negative energy to its sender. The third book I have is Llewellyn's Complete Book of Correspondence, and it starts on page 244 for Sapphire. For the zodiac for it, Aquarius, Cancer, Gemini, Leo, Libra, Pisces, Taurus and Virgo. For solar system, Moon, Neptune, Saturn, and Venus. For full moons, April, July, October, November, Yellow, and September. For seasons, Autumn and Winter, White. For celebration, Beltane, Energy, Yin. Directions, North, Northeast, Northwest, and Southwest. For numbers 2, 4, and 8. For goddesses, Hecate, Justidia. For days, Monday and Thursday. Element, water. Chakras, brow, crown, and throat. For tarot, hermit, and wheel of fortune. Gods, Angus, Apollo, and Lu. For issues, intentions, and powers. Anger, astral realm. Authority, beginnings. Calm, communication. Consciousness, courage, devotion, and dedication. Dream work, emotions, enchantment, encouragement, receptive energy, envy, faith to win favors, fear, fidelity, freedom, friends and friendship, goals, goodness, intellectual growth, healing, imagination, improvement, insight, intuition, love, luck, defensive magic, manifestation, Dreams, the mind, money, motivation, nightmares, peace, power, problems, prophecy, psychic ability, purification, reconciliation, sex and sexuality, sleep, spirits, spirituality, travel, truth, visions, and wisdom. And one of the other books did also mention the name for a star sapphire. And it has some details on that specific one for Zodiac, Capricorn, and Sagittarius, Solar System, Jupiter, Day, Tuesday, Number, Six, Goddess, Isis, for Issues, Intentions, and Powers, Subconscious, and Consciousness, Enlightenment, Magic, to Improve Moods, and to Attract Prosperity. And the last book that I have is Love is in the Earth, starting on page 584. For sapphire, sapphire is a type of corundum which crystallizes in the form of tabular prismatic crystals with hexagonal double pyramid structures. The color range includes blue, white, black, purple, yellow, and green. Sapphire also occurs in the form of asterated or star sapphire. The star results due to the inclusion of small cylindrical cavities within the stone which are parallel to the prism planes. 
This mineral can be used to rid one of unwanted thoughts and to bring joy and peace of mind via opening the mind to beauty and intuition. The sapphire brings lightness and joy with depth and beauty and thought to the wearer or user. The sapphire is known as a stone of prosperity, sustaining the gifts of life, eliminating frustration, and fulfilling the dreams and desires of the consciousness. Okay, so that is all I have for you on Sapphire. And that was our last Crystaller Stone of the week. Since, like I mentioned, we are finishing the fifth season. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the different stones and crystals out there and some of the ones that I uh, favored myself. And um, I hope you discovered maybe a few different ones you maybe haven't heard of before or maybe you have and just learned something new. So now on to today's main topic of the veil. Like I mentioned, this was an episode I was planning on doing back in October, closer to Samhain, but it just didn't work out that way. And uh, I thought I might as well get this out of the way since I already had it all written up. And when I mention veiling, I'm not talking about the act of covering your head. I am talking about the concept of the invisible membrane that many people say separates our world from the other side. Today I'm going to go over a little bit of history, different ideas and opinions, and read a couple article pieces to you about different perspectives of the concept. So this might be a mixture of opinion pieces of other people's opinions, a little bit of history and my own opinion, because I feel like this is one of those very particular things that we can't really prove is real or not real. And people experience things differently. Like I'm someone that doesn't visually see things like other people might. I have more of a sense of feeling things or thoughts coming to my head. While I cannot say I see a veil I have heard that other people do. But before I go too much into the topic again, I'm going to go over a little bit of a synopsis again of what is the veil. Even though I've probably already mentioned it in the past, besides today, the veil is described as an invisible layer between our reality or world or from the other side. And some say it may be an alternate or a reflecting universe, the afterlife, the spirit world, or the fey realm. But no matter what interpretation or suspected other side it may be people say that a veil separates us from it them or the other side it is commonly said that during Samhain and also depending on what hemisphere that you are on and depending on which Sabbath matches up to the time of year that is when a lot of people start to talk about the veil thinning Samhain is when many people focus on necromancy, divination, and communication with spirits or other energies, and what many will perceive as being on the other side. And now you can see why I was originally planning on doing this episode during Samhain. But during Samhain, it seems to be for many that as the days are getting shorter, they experience or feel a thinning of something in what they call themselves the veil. In different experiences if it's the feeling between life and death is becoming closer together or that you are noticing or feeling the doorway between the seasons of life and death or the the different feelings of the different worlds that's why some people are like oh it may be the afterlife or the other side because that thinning makes it feel a lot closer to us than it does the rest of the year 
but during this time of year, Samhain, the active sun sign is in Scorpio, and that is ruled by Pluto. And in mythology, Pluto is the Greek god that tends to the underworld. And just a little snippet that I pulled from an article from Divine Spark va.com it says the concept of the thinning of the veil has its origins in the celtic festival of Samhain like I already mentioned and a lot of us still practice that today which marked the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the dark half of the year Celts believe that during Samhain the boundary between the world of living and the world of the dead blurred allowing spirits to return to the earthly realm People lit bonfires and wore costumes to ward off malevolent spirits and honor their deceased loved ones. But that's all I'm going to go over with Samhain because we already have a Samhain episode. And if you want to learn a little bit more about that, you can go back a couple months to that episode. The next idea I'm going to go over is where did the idea of the veil and where did it come from? I've already mentioned the concept being used within Celtic mythology but normally you find certain aspects or ideas found in other places because most ideas aren't stationary to one area and usually not just one person or one culture or group of people have thought of something. As stated by Matt Oren on his Pathios blog called For Puck's Sake on the topic of the veil, he has said, the idea of the veil refers to the veil of nature personified as the goddess. Traditionally, this goddess was referred to to as either Isis, Artemis, Diana, or Athena. The idea seems to originate from the classic Greco-Roman authors who wrote that there were a statue of Isis in Egypt with the inscribed statement, I am all that has been and is and shall be, and no mortal has ever lifted my mantle. The concept of the goddess veiled was the natural world that we see while the goddess unveiled was the preternatural world, which hidden from our perception the mysteries. However, it was the same goddess, the same world, just separated by a veil of illusion. This idea grew in popularity around the 17th to 19th century, and the idea of lifting, rendering, or piercing the veil was used both as a metaphor for scientific discovery as well as the revelation of occult knowledge. The idea was popularized by Helena Blavatsky, who used the term unveiling Isis to refer to the revelations of Theosophy, which strives to unlock the secrets of the spiritual world. As such, she named her book Isis Unveiled in 1877, which she wrote was a plea for the recognition of the Hermetic philosophy, the anciently universal wisdom religion as the only possible key to the absolute in science and theology. Isis Unveiled is considered by scholars to be one of the most important works in historical Western esotericism. As such, this concept and the term remains with us today in occultism, mysticism, and even works of fiction within popular culture. The next blog post that I'm going to be reading a snippet from is by John Beckett from his blog on Patheos called Under the Ancient Oaks, and this specific article is called Thinking About the Veil Between the Worlds. First and foremost, the veil between worlds is a metaphor for the boundary between this world and the other world. It helps us understand why most times we cannot see or hear or feel our beloved dead, but other times we can almost touch them. 
Celtic tales often describe this boundary as a mist. Some witches call it a hedge. Others talk about a door or a gate. At the end of the day, these are all metaphors intended to help us begin to comprehend something that we don't know enough about to discuss in literal terms. We sometimes hear the phrase apt metaphor. According to the dictionary, apt means appropriate or suitable in the circumstance. Metaphors are neither right nor wrong. They're more apt, more appropriate, when they help us understand indirectly what we cannot understand directly. They are less apt when they don't. In particular, metaphors help us orient ourselves in the world in relation to other persons, places, and events. So that was a small snippet I just wanted to go over to kind of give the idea of a different opinion on the idea of what the veil is. So now we're just kind of jump into just some of my personal opinions on the topic. And this is one of those things where I'm not sure what I think or feel about it. I feel like the idea of an invisible barrier is really cool. And maybe it is there. I, like I mentioned many times and even earlier in this episode, I am not the type of witch that sees things. No matter how much I would like, no matter how much I've tried to hardly, like tried very hard to stare at things, try different techniques, it's just, it's not where my skill set lies. And maybe there's literally the veil right in front of me and I just don't see it. But there have been times when I feel like I've felt things and maybe that's what I've been feeling. Maybe it wasn't. And just in general, it's really hard to prove any one of those things. But maybe there is a reason why different cultures had similar but different opinions on this idea of some a barrier, something in between us and the other side, between the living and the dead, or like other ideas that I brought up that I've heard before. It's like, oh, the Fey realm or a different dimension or maybe it's the upside down. Who, who the hell knows? Um, but yeah, this is just one of those things that I feel like my opinion changes about all the time because I question my beliefs all the time. Some days I feel more witchy than not. Some days I question what I'm doing. Some days I feel like I need to do more. And some days I feel like, okay, I'm on the right track. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because maybe it is only really during the Samhain season or the opposite side of that where you only really feel it certain times of the year. Maybe I'm not paying attention. Maybe I just haven't been close enough to... to what I need to be doing to feel or see that. Maybe I'm still on that journey to get to that part of my my craft or my spiritual development. And um, But yeah, there's only so many ways I can say I don't know and maybe I do and who knows. But there are some things that a lot of people commonly do that may help with that for me and you. And a lot of people during these times or when they're trying to like feel or reach out between the veils is doing divination, necromancy, meditation. A lot of times during Samhain, people do dumb suppers for their beloved past ones. A lot of times they will also do magic and spells that make you feel connected to those different energies that are said to be out and about during those times a year when the veil is thinner. 
You could also visit loved ones at their graves if they are close enough to you to visit. And just in general, just reflect on the phases of life and start journaling and just think. Just just think. Sometimes people do too much and don't think enough. And maybe thinking about the veil, thinking about life and death, thinking about the other side, and just what you believe is is what you need for the moment. Maybe you only need a few moments to think about it and maybe those few moments can give you peace and sometimes it can be absolutely terrifying at the same time but none of us go through life without being a little terrified um all the time it's not a good good idea as someone with anxiety being terrified all the time and feeling like you're on overdrive all the time is is not nice but thinking about things that you don't completely have control over is also humbling at the same time But uh, yeah, this is all I have for you guys today on the ideal of the veil. It was only really a little bit, but it was still an idea I just wanted to bring up and just kind of get some thought juices being provoked and moving and uh, just something simple for the last episode of season five. And I really didn't have a lead up to the end of the season because this last year has been fucking nuts. Um, But yeah, over the next couple weeks, I'm going to be developing the sixth season I'm hoping to have a new intro and outro. We've had the last one for like two years, so I'm kind of looking for a little bit of a change. And I am thinking instead of crystals, we've done runes, we've done herbs, we've done the crystals. I'm going to finally jump into tarot and I'm going to focus on the major arcana because I there's like 24, 25? There's about that range. And that will be the perfect amount for an entire season so I think that's what my plan for the next season is but uh yeah I hope you guys just had fun listening to this I haven't really felt like I had an episode to where I can just kind of talk and just talk about something and nothing at the same time because sometimes just reading articles or reading books or reading my thoughts how I wrote them down a couple days ago or a couple months ago at this point it feels a little disconnected sometimes and I feel like this last half of the episode gave me the opportunity to kind of free talk free flow whatever you want to a little bit and uh, I'm hoping to have a little bit more about that in the future so I'm going to try to be brainstorming different topics and see if I can have any guests again for the next season where we can do a little bit more of that maybe just a little more casual maybe some more interviews maybe just some basic topics and just kind of see how they develop I really miss doing some of those I just we haven't had the opportunity or the right guests coming in at the right time because other people get busy so it's kind of hard with scheduling sometimes but uh yeah okay I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep jabbering if I uh, don't cut it off here but uh thank you guys for listening to this episode and I appreciate every single one of you have a great week and I hope you have a great 2024 year blessed be 